0: leaders of tomorrow become thriving luxury brands. During the interview series, my guest speakers will share their adventure and expertise on specific topics to help you enrich your experience with life. Hi, I'm Ethel Katana, the host of the Holistic Tax Mesa Speaker Series and the CEO and founder of HolisticTaxMesa.com. And I have the great honor of working with each of these individuals to take what they've already mastered in their life and use it to serve their Kismet clients. It is my great honor to introduce to you today, Kiki Federico. Today, Kiki will be sharing with us feminine leadership secrets to change your life and change the game. But before we get started on this awesome topic, I'd like to introduce to you my fabulous client and friend, Kiki. Kiki Federico is a feminine leadership coach and founder of Ritual Uprising. Her mission is to liberate professional women to live and lead authentically, soulfully, and in community of sisterhood. She believes that women have the most critical role to play in shaping our future. But we must come together, celebrate what makes us women, and change what's not working for us. Kiki helps women learn how to access their intuition and bring passion to their revolutionary ideas to become embodied, inspiring feminine leaders. We believe that love, beauty, and body are gateways into our divine feminine power that will shape the course of history. Welcome to the Holistic Vagination Speaker Series, Kiki. I'm so excited for our special interview on the topic of feminine leadership secrets. Thank
1: you so much. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Yay! Awesome. Well, you have quite the bio, quite the mission that we've been able to Track not only in Signature System, but just from all of your areas of expertise, and you have set a huge mission. You know, before we get started into this topic, can you share with us a little bit more about this big mission that you have with sisterhood? And really, I love when you said that, you know, women p- play a very critical role in shaping our future. Can you just elaborate on that for a little bit?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I, I spent uh, a good bit of my life really chasing this idea of success and chasing this idea of what would take to get me ahead. And, you know, ultimately, I arrived at a place six years into my corporate sales job with a lot of success and a six-figure income, and I was wildly unhappy. I was really felt very empty inside and I felt like my soul was dying. And so that sort of sent me on a quest to really find answers. And as I was, you know, exploring myself and exploring the world and trying to really tap into, you know, what is it that I really want to do? Um, when I looked around at the problems in the world, you know, I recognized that sort of an underlying theme of all of this is this disempowerment of women. And having had my own uh, feminine awakening, so to speak, where I realized I'm a woman later in life, it was something that just really woke me up to the disconnect that I had with my own femininity and really my own sense of self. And so as I learned what, it, what is masculine and what is feminine and how is that embodied within us as people, Um, in our relationships, in our work, in our culture, just reflected out in the world, it was vastly apparent to me that at the core of so many of our issues on the planet, whether it be hunger or poverty, the environmental crisis, the economic crisis, the crisis of belonging, a sense of belonging and community and compassion, at the root of that is this, epidemic of the disempowerment of women or the underrepresentation of the feminine energy on the planet within men and women and in our systems and structures. So that was, you know, really the, the root realization for me that really solidified for me that I've got a role to play in helping to, you know, really empower and liberate the voices and the missions of of women here on this planet.
0: Wow. I mean, I definitely know as a woman, we, just from being a child and just how we've grown up and, you know, even just standing up for ourselves, just like little things that I know guys aren't probably even thinking about because they didn't grow up that way, but there is so much that's just how our culture is or how we've been raised as uh, daughters or little girls and how that carries out throughout our career into our life and all these you know subconscious things that we live with for years and years until we do have some sort of you know awakening like you did so I'm really excited to kind of dive into this topic because you're clearly an expert on this topic and I know that the majority of the people that are going to be listening to this interview are ambitious professional women they are high achievers, perfectionist, type A women, and I'm sure they've at some point in their life felt disempowered, and I really think that they need to hear what, what you have to share today. So um, let's just get right into it. So I want to just find out from you, you know, what do you think is holding back so many of these smart, ambitious women who are fearful of stepping into their potential as a leader?
1: Yeah, well, I think you nailed uh, one of it just right there, which is fear. I hear from so many women, you know, what is it that's holding you back from really moving forward with this calling? So many of the, so many women are feeling this inexplicable something, this little voice inside of them, or they're receiving sort of there's being too many signs in the world that are sort of pointing them towards something that they could call their their higher calling or their purpose or their full potential. And one of the number one things is just fear, fear of failure, especially for these women that are ambitious or perfectionists or that have learned how to achieve success in the system by getting it right. This fear of failure can really be crippling, and I think that this is super tied to our ideas of what other people think of us our beliefs around what is success and what is failure. And so I think it's something that holds us back, but it's also an invitation for us to really rethink uh, our perception of failure and our definition of success. One of the other major things that's holding really smart and ambitious women back is this lack of balance in our lives, the fact that many of them simply do not have time for themselves Uh, to get to that place of feeling good, to really be able to just reflect on what it is that they really want to be doing, how it is that they want to feel, what's not working in their lives, you know, what it is that they would like to be doing instead and getting themselves in a place where they're feeling good. So fear and balance are huge. And with that lack of balance, it also means that a lot of times they're not able to find the clarity that they really need, that they just feel like they're stuck or lost or sort of in these cycles of of busy, which tends to be stressful and puts them in other other ways of coping. And in and this lack of clarity, they just don't see a path forward. They don't see the direction. They're unclear about their natural strengths and talents. Um, their purpose, their passion or their beliefs of what they really want to to uh, stand for. I think that there's one more that's really worth mentioning to Angel and I think this is the one that gets me super excited and also the, the thing that isn't so obvious that not a lot of people are talking about and that's that these women are disconnected from their wild feminine spirit. There's been thousands of years of, of women sort of learning how to be the good girl or how to fall in line and, and how to suppress these parts of ourselves that really long to be expressed. We focus so much on our intellect and in a way we've sort of overvalued this, um, our mental capacity to think and create and do and we've lost, our innate feminine power of feeling, this this intuition, this place of the wisdom that lies in the body. And that's part of what affects so much of our, our self-worth, our confidence, our ability to feel creative. Um, and, and wrapped up in this is this disconnection from this wild feminine spirit, sort of this disowning of that part of ourselves that is maybe a little more messy or a little more primal, or a little uncontrolled, that is also tied to our sexuality, and there's so much shame and guilt that can be there that we're preoccupying a lot of our energy and trying to hold ourselves back, tone ourselves down, thinking we're too much, and what we really need is permission to really access this part of ourselves, to reconnect with this deeper part of ourselves to heal this part of ourselves and to finally express it because that's where the magic lies for a lot of women.
0: Mm. I mean, gosh, that was just like a loaded answer filled with so many good points in there. I mean, just as you were speaking, I was just going through my own life, my own journey of, you know, the balance part which clearly, you know, trying to get that on, on track for for the last like year or so. And just even with, you know, not working so hard, you know, even if you are, you know, potentially following your path, there's still uh, a balance that needs to be shared, and then regardless of, you know, you're pursuing a professional career path, you know, in maybe a more masculine industry or
1: a Mm -hmm. a traditional
0: industry, but one of the things I was thinking about when I was talking, when you were speaking, uh, was just even, like, reflecting on your own accomplishments, I mean, there was another Mm -hmm. thing that you talked about that that kind of resonated of, kind of suppressing, you know, what it is that you're really here to do and how come so many women haven't been able to really tap into that. Maybe it is intuition. Maybe it's just pushing down emotions. I mean, and that really reflects, as we're speaking about holistic solutions here to a problem, everyday problems, and I think that I'm excited to continue to explore this topic with you about really getting to the root of, you know, having this life that is, so worth living, stepping Mm -hmm. into being the leader that you are, because I know that 99% of the people that are listening to this right now uh, are leaders, and, you know, it can be scary at times to lead a tribe, but there's also a lot of things that have to happen internally as you grow into that person Mm -hmm. to be able to be a great leader. So I know that one of the things that we've discussed in working together on your signature system is this, uh, this concept of feminine leadership. So can you just explain with us today? You know, what exactly yeah. is
1: feminine leadership? Wonderful question. And I want to first start by just clarifying what it is that I really consider to be leadership and sort of this idea that leadership is not just the ability to get things done, but it is really this quality of inspiration, this, this being able to influence, to be a change agent, to challenge the status quo, Whoa, in some way to initiate to go first to initiate a risk uh, a response and within leadership I mean leadership is just inherently risky because you're going first you're putting your ideas out there things are open to criticism you might fail but I want to just anchor in that that this type of leadership where we are Attempting to really positively affect change is really driven by a deeper set of beliefs, something intrinsic, something within us that is really worth being criticized for or that is worth failing for. It's the big why. So I just want to put that forward just to really um, clarify what I mean when I say leadership. And so when when you talk about feminine leadership, Feminine leadership is really embodied by women who have restored balance within themselves and that are bringing these more feminine aspects without apology into their work, into their leadership, into their mission to change or challenge the status quo. And for women, this process of tapping into what it is that you really care about, what's worth being criticized, what's worth failing for, is something different than we've been taught. We can't simply sit at a table and write and use our our minds in order to get to that root of what it is that's really going to drive us to be leaders. So the feminine leader has really done some work to go inward and to really know and understand, to to love all parts of herself, especially those that make her a woman and the strengths that we naturally possess, things like empathy and compassion, vision, creativity, community and communication and all of these connecting assets. And there's also this power of intuition and our ability to really nurture our ideas, to care for them, to really infuse beauty into what it is that we do. And I think that we could really agree that all of these things I just mentioned are really being called for at this time. I look at here in the Bay Area where there's so much emphasis placed on and creativity and collaboration and team building in so many of these high-tech companies. And this these are feminine qualities that we're, we're being asked to bring. And I think it's important to note that everybody has masculine and feminine qualities in them. And it's important to be able to oscillate between the two. But I think for women in particular, we have this innate power to really connect, to really feel things deeply. And it's this power that women have to really feel the magnitude of the problem, to really empathize with our human, uh, our fellow humans, to really feel the problems on the planet, to really consider the effects of our work um, on the world and the people around us holistically. That is what makes feminine leadership a woman who is whole bringing her feminine gifts to the world through her leadership
0: wow okay i'm glad that we have this on recording because that was like seriously profound and it's (laughs) also something that i've really never thought about like i mean i'm listening to you and of course you know i'm taking it in for myself just taking the whole thing in and i'm like wow I, i guess i never thought of myself as the reason why I started holistic fashionista all these different things and I mean you just so eloquently describe the definition of what this is and how it's so powerful and furthermore I think women and I know just from speaking for myself and for having tens and tens of girlfriends for years and years and years is that it sucks to have to feel things always so deeply. You know, mm-hmm. and I think we've, I don't know, I'm sure at some degree we've been taught to kind of keep it down low or don't be psycho or whatever, all these like weird things that people label, you know, when you do finally speak up but, and and the intuition part that you talked about that we're so highly intuitive and in, in, in we feel things and we really have this capacity just like you said, that right there in your bio, you know, she believes that women have the most critical role to play in shaping our future. and if we stop feeling bad or stop suppressing that we are intuitive or that we do feel things so deeply like how, how would our world be different how would our existence i mean it, it would it's a scary thing to be mm-hmm. a strong feminine leader but it's also i don't think there's enough of us yet that are going out there and really going you know what this upsets me and this hurts me or I feel this and and, and to really talk about it without feeling like I'm not allowed to talk about how I feel.
1: Exactly. And I think that's part of this residual shame that so many of us carry around about, you know, really our story and what we've gone through and thinking that we're not enough. And I think that for women, it's so important that as a part of this idea of feminine leadership, there is really like the collective is it's coming back to creating spaces where we can come together and we can share. We've gone off track a little bit with like this fiercely independent and I idea of what success is that I don't need nobody kind of thing. And what happens is we think we're in competition with everyone. And then when we're in competition with everyone, we, we don't see them as, as maybe allies or, or sisters or people that can really uh, help us to become better or people that we can be vulnerable with. So I think that there's a vulnerability inherent as well in, in feminine leadership and really understanding the role that we have to play of you know, coming together and sharing our stories, not, not being in action perhaps all the time. And I guess that's a piece that I really didn't speak to, is that the energy of the feminine is the receptive, the magnetic, the attractive quality. And so as a feminine leader, I think that there's an understanding that there is so much that is outside of our control. And that as women, our power lies in our ability to attract. And that we can stop pushing so hard and practice allowing life to unfold, a practice allowing opportunities and and people and conversations and signs to come to us that also help direct us in our leadership. And you get a lot more of that when you're participating in a collective versus sitting all off by yourself trying to, quote, unquote, make it happen all by yourself. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that kind of brings me back to the balance thing that you talked about, uh, really finding mm-hmm. a balance of, you know, when is a, a good alone time and then when is it you're just isolation. So, you know, how, I know that you help your clients find balance. Can you share with us a little bit about how that happens and how you work with them to do this?
1: Yeah, so one of the things that I, that I, I mean, balance is like this theme that is ever-present in my life. And one of the reasons why I find balance so intriguing is that the conversation has really opened up to so much more than work-life balance now, that, that balance is not just what activities are on your calendar. Balance is an inner quality. And it really starts within, and it implies a center point. And it starts with really understanding the most basic energies that are present in all of us and that's something that I like to talk about a lot in my work is is understanding energy getting beyond your personality and really just understanding you know the quality of life and at the most basic it's this balance of giving and receiving or controlling and allowing or doing and being this is the balance of masculine and feminine and it is what makes life work so we've gotten really wildly out of balance where things are really hyper-masculine and there's so much focus on, on doing and so much pressure telling us who we should be and how we should live and what we should do and what we should want. And so the way that I really guide my clients to find balance is taking them through a practice of really returning to themselves and their body, giving them permission to really be with themselves To be able to find that center point and to be able to listen to the more subtle clues that our body is giving us at all times in order to really find balance because balance is a a feeling in a lot of ways and there's often a lot of work that needs to be done to really work through what it is that they need to give themselves permission to really take care of themselves and fill the well, you know, fill themselves up to really feel good. You know, when, when I said that before around the feminine is this receptive energy. When we're giving so much of ourselves all day, we feel completely exhausted and depleted. So if you're somebody that's been sort of you know, questioning where you are in your life or you feel lost or you're stuck or you're feeling unfulfilled in your current situation, if you're just, chugging along at your normal pace and you're working 60, 80 hours a week and you're making up for it by partying on the weekends, you, you just, you're, you're, you're expending too much of yourself to really be able to feel balanced, even if you're making time to, to work out. So it's understanding the energetic quality, it's giving you permission, and it's really getting uh, clear on what it's going to take to fill the well. It's essential for women to know, you know what that means for them to really cultivate their presence, to cultivate just the quality of feeling within them that is the thing that sort of attracts in the world. And I think that for women, some visual image that I find really works is that we do our best work when we are giving of ourselves from the overflow. So filling ourselves up and then our service, our gifts, um, our contributions, our work, our passion, all of these things being given back into the world from the overflow, not from the should and I need to and the state of depletion.
0: Love it. Well, that's interesting because when I first heard you talk about balance, the first thing I was thinking about is like, oh, I need to exercise more or I need to you know, rest more or something and then you just took it to a whole nother level of this, this inner inner stuff uh, mm-hmm. and making sure that we're listening to, you know, how we feel and all of those things that really make us human and I, I, there's a lot of great things that you just shared there. I'm actually very interested how you do that with your clients uh, and what kind of exercises and do you, is that something you do as like a collective or do you do that more one-on-one with your clients?
1: Yeah, well, I think uh, it can be done either way. And I think part of it is really just taking a look at your life and understanding, A, understanding what is masculine and feminine energy. Um, Where am I giving of myself? Where am I allowing myself to receive? And for so many women, we've gotten this message that it's better to give than receive. And that was clearly uh, not said by a man. And (laughs) we have this oh gosh we have like these attachments to these beliefs that if i'm not doing something then i must be lazy especially for the ambitious ones out there we feel that taking time for ourselves is selfish so i think that it's a understanding masculine and feminine energy be really looking at where you're blocking yourself from allowing yourself to receive. And this doesn't have to mean like you're getting massages every day. This can be that you're allowing yourself to uh, tilt your head up to the sky and receive the beauty of, of fresh air and the trees waving back at you To to be conscious of allowing yourself to just receive what's around you versus having your head down in your phone. So the energy, the lifestyle, and what permission do you need. As well, creating self-care rituals is a really, really beautiful way of anchoring in what it is that you need into your routine in a way that is more than just getting a manicure, that you know why you're doing it and that you, you can really bring more intention into your day, your week, your months in giving yourself what it is that you need
0: mhm well it's kind of a hot topic right now. I know we have other women in the in the speaker series that are talking about self care and rituals, uh, and I know that the majority of the listeners are starting a business or growing a business. so can you share with us how you bring the this concept of ritual into business?
1: Yeah, so rituals are extremely powerful and I'll just give you a quick a quick anecdote about where I really saw this in practice, and that was when I was traveling after I left my job, and I just saw the texture of how the culture shifts between people when ritual is present. That that it created this this connection, this sweetness, this inviting quality. Um, into cultures where they practice ritual on a consistent basis. And I just saw how absent my life seemed to be of these rituals. We just sort of go through the motions. Maybe there's not a lot of, you know, family history that we have or we're we're all just sort of off on our own and we've lost a sense of tradition or a connection to what, has meaning, And so ritual is a way of doing something that really um, infuses our actions with meaning. It's done with intention. It's a symbolic act of connection to really remember the essence of why we are doing what we're doing. So it's so vital in business, especially because what's being called for, again, like thinking back to that idea of leadership, right, where we are being called to be agents of change where we are creating businesses that are meaningful, that we, we want to know why we wake up every day. We don't want to just go through the motions. And so having ritual is a great way of anchoring back into ourselves and connecting with this greater purpose. And especially in business, where we are just trying to do the good work in the world. To help our employees remember why they're doing what they're doing. To really connect people to an idea or a cause. To create this something special about what it is that you do. To really be able to encourage a more reflective quality and to get buy-in from people. Whether they're your employees or your clients, having this ritual being something that they look forward to, a way to really spread your message in a tangible way that is inclusive and that really helps people understand, you know, what is it that you believe in and why should they be listening to you or buying from you?
0: Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to think of one of the most important things that we do here at Holistic Fashionista is building that community. It is a ritual. It's not just posting social media posts and trying to get, people in there there is just like a deeper connection like i always refer to our clients as friends especially when they clearly do become friends and you know start to cross pollinate in in that in that space and i I just love the idea that you know maybe and i have this whole thing about the art of marketing you know and instead of it just Mm -hmm. being like plugging your stuff you know it's really a ritual of bringing people together or bringing people to a cause so that you can share what that is every time You know, we do the Kismet Client Workshop or we do Signature System. We do get down to, like, that bigger mission. And it's funny that so many people starting websites or uh, companies or brands that they kind of leave off the mission. And I really think that it's an important ritual uh, to have that mission statement so people know what you're actually inviting them to be a part of because it's more than just buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. It, there's a deeper meaning and so I, I appreciate that you kind of just clarified because I hadn't really thought of it in exactly that light.
1: Yeah and I think that that's you know there's there's a lot of people that talk about what they do mm-hmm. and there's other people that talk about how they do it but I think when you get to the core and when you're consistently connected to why you do what you do then when it's tough or when you have you know when you when something fails, or you know when you're questioning things, that's a way of just bringing you back to what has meaning and what has roots, and why it's all worth it at the end of the day. Um, you know it's it's a way to build culture. Um, it's so it's a way of building connection, and I think that for so many people, whether you own your own business or you're in a career, we're really seeking purpose we're seeking to really know why we wake up every day and including rituals of gathering or you know rituals of writing or rituals of self-care they're all things that really allow us to just live and move through the world with more intention more conscious awareness around our work and our imprint on the world Love it.
0: Girl, you need to, like, I, I'm sure you're already doing some public speaking, but you make these, um, these topics. I'm, this is definitely not a gift of my own, uh, but these intangible topics feel very rooted. So it's, it's, mm. it's amazing to really <laughs> hear you in your element right now. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited this, about sharing this interview with everybody. So, okay, let's just paint a picture here. So we've got these women. Potentially they're in a career. Maybe they want to start a business but they're feeling stuck, they're lost, they're not feeling fulfilled. What kind of tips would you give somebody in that situation? Oh. oh,
1: the first one is to get radically honest with yourself. Um, I, I will say this forever. I, mean, I'm, I remember the, the biggest lie that I ever told was <laughs> convincing myself that things were okay when they weren't. Like, well, it's it's okay. I mean, it's not great, but it's fine. And, like, I should really be grateful. You know, the whole gratitude thing really got to me. And I thought, but I got to tell you, the number one thing is just to get radically honest with yourself. Stop lying to yourself. Stop trying to justify why this job, this relationship, this lifestyle is okay. Because if it's not working for you, then it's not going to keep working for you. And the quicker that you can identify that – the quicker you can get clear on what it is that you want instead. Who do you want to be around? What do you care about? And all of those things that can lead you forward. But getting really radically honest on what's not working for you is a great way to start. And with that, question everything. Question everything you've ever been told, mm. taught to believe. Stop buying it because as you as you expand into you know, really finding your purpose, at the root of that is, is finding yourself, which means that you, know, you might not want to hold on to all those old ideas of what life is like. You might be the one that is really here to expand our ideas of what's possible. And I think that's a huge function of inspiration. So questioning everything, not taking things at face value finding the holes in your own beliefs, really huge. Notice what you're distracted by. Notice what you're doing when you're procrastinating. Notice what is the stuff that you really get excited to do that you're not getting paid for. What are you staying up late reading about? What is it that's just really uh, calling you? What is the stuff that you find yourself totally consuming information about that might be totally unrelated to what you do now and get some support get some help you know really look to your peers your mentors Uh, look online the the support of of surrounding yourself with a community of people that inspire you um and and ask ask questions or you know really do do some searching give yourself the time to really get support. Love it.
0: So essential. I mean, this is about putting yourself first. And furthermore, when you start asking all those questions, you know, like why am I doing that? Am I really okay? All these things, and you start accumulating all these this information. I mean, I am a firm believer that the way you get ahead in life, business, relationship, is to ask the hard questions you know or ask the right questions you know that's going to help you go on a mission to find the answer to that question i know that i did that for myself from having a failed business to eventually launching holistic needs. i mean i went on a mission like why didn't that work
1: if you're in a
0: relationship and you're not happy you know why is it not working and it's just like i think we just get scared to even ask the question because that means we have to acknowledge it and that means that we're probably going to have to change something (laughs) and Mm -hmm. then we start getting freaked out, you know? So it's so powerful though that we have all the tools. And, you know, I think one of the, uh, one of the things I didn't ask you today was just how we met. And I think you had mentioned that you'd gone down the rabbit hole of just trying to find something or someone for a specific thing, which brought you to, me, which brought us together to solve a very specific problem. And I think more people, if they're not using the Internet for this, that there is so many people out there that have a solution to a a, a holistic problem, you know, a a root problem, not just a quick fix, not just a personal trainer, but somebody who cares about what's going on inside. Uh, And I really, everything that you've shared with us so far in this interview is just that holistic approach. You know, it's yeah. intangible stuff, the inner stuff.
1: Yeah, and I think that with that, when, when you were talking about, you know, sort of how I followed the rabbit hole,
0: I mean, I think that's
1: been a huge influence for me is just, like, following my curiosity. What is it that, like, if, like when you're saying, you know, you wanted to find out why things didn't work, I mean, that's why you do the work that you do. Like, that's, if, if you're aware of the questions that you naturally want to ask, then those are the questions that you're going to want to keep asking and you're going to want to keep finding the answers to, and then you're going to find the answer, and then you can't wait to share it with someone. And <laughs> So it's like those nights of staying up late on the computer and just following articles and links, and those have been hugely valuable, and those have been great clues for me in terms of what it is that I really want to be doing, what it is that I'm curious to learn more about, what it is that I really want to be sharing about, So, yeah, follow the curiosity. And I think I loved what you said about, you know, the fear that comes up of, like, oh, well, if I get the answer, then I might need to change something. So I think when you ask those questions, one of the best questions is, what am I afraid of? And just always be checking in with yourself on that because those fears, fear, you don't ever, like, uh, overcome fear. It doesn't always, it doesn't ever go away. Um, But at some point, you develop a relationship with your fear. And I think the moment that you recognize that there's something that is so much more important that you care about than that fear is the moment that you know you're ready to act because you're willing to face that fear for something greater.
0: Uh, What's the saying? If you want to change your life, you're going to have to change the way you're doing your life or something like that. I forget the saying, or if you want something, if you want different results, you're going to have to try different things. Or I don't know. I'm totally botching yeah. that. To, but it's a, it's a, <laughs> It makes perfect sense for what you've just shared. So I know you have way more secrets under your belt. I know we're not going to be able to cover all of them today. But, you know, for those who are listening and they're looking to create sustainable success, you know, they want a satisfaction in their life. They want to grow and be this feminine leader that we are talking about today, which is truly changing the game. You know, what kind of secrets can you share with us today about creating that sustainable success?
1: Well, Oh, there's many. (laughs) I was was just laughing to myself. There's a lot of secrets. I think that the first secret is just really unapologetically putting yourself first. And that might rub some people the wrong way if, you know, there's people very close to them in their lives. But at the end of the day, you are all you've got. And you are, you're it, you know. I I love to say this to, to, you know, it takes only one woman it takes one woman to decide to be different and the whole world around her shifts in response to that and you know some people might not like it and they go away and some people might might love it and more more people that are into you and what you do are attracted to you so when you put yourself first and when you put your your happiness your feeling good you're feeling um, fulfilled and your uh, what it's going to take for you to feel successful first, then everything else falls into place. And with that, there's sort of this realization that the things that aren't meant to be in your world might fall away. And that's a kind of scary thing when we're very attached to the things around us. So I think that with this self-prioritization is like focus on putting that goodness that is you in whatever shape, flavor, form that takes out in the world. That is what you've got. You've got your goodness that you can contribute and trust that that is going to bring whatever is needed into your life. And, and I think that that word trust, is a really, really big one that's taken me a long time to really cultivate. And I think that at the base of that is really my spiritual practice of really recognizing that there's more to life than we can see. There's I'm, I am more than my body. I am more than my thoughts. My beliefs change. You know, there's all these things that change, but there's something unwavering. There is a spirit in, in me. There is a creative spark within me and that is a spark of divine perfection and that is reflected back to me in all of life and when I choose to see life that way then I trust and when I choose to see, see life that way I can relax a little bit and get out of all of this need to figure it out and give myself permission to take care of myself and what happens is, is you open yourself up to those serendipitous moments that need to come into your life that you never could have predicted with this practice of, of recognizing that you have a soul and that there's life and that there's forces outside of us that are working in our favor if we allow them then you find a sense of comfort in the unknown you can relax and you can take action despite not knowing all of the answers and think that You know, with that, there's also just, like, this aspect of appreciation, constant, constant appreciation, and I wouldn't say it's just, like, you know, I think gratitude practices get a little bit, they can get a little mundane, and people are just sort of, like, listing things, but it's feeling it in my body every day, feeling the love that I have, the capacity to send to myself and send out in every direction um, as a, a sign of appreciation for just the life that I've been given and connecting daily to that why through ritual, connecting daily to, you know, why it is that I'm here to, to really keep me going, to keep me motivated and, and to really be clear on what's worth working for, what's worth sacrifice. And I think something that really gets underrated or doesn't get a lot of press is forgiveness and I say forgiveness because when you put yourself in a leadership position and you're sticking your head out and you're speaking up for something that you believe in, you open yourself up to criticism, you're creating things and as a recovering perfectionist myself, you know, there's a lot of, you know, the the critic can come in and you can look at the work that you do and you can say that it's not enough or you can make a mistake or something went wrong And, you know, there's things that happen to you in your life that you can hold on to that, well, that makes me less qualified and -and so-and-so hurt me. This practice of forgiveness is essential. And it's not just forgiving other people. It's really forgiving yourself so that you can return to a place of, again, like that love and that appreciation and that motivation day in and day out without getting stuck. And what's wrong, or what you did wrong, or what you could have done better.
0: Mm-hmm. It's so crazy that we've never met. <laughs> I feel like I know you just from listening to you talk and hearing your voice and just your wisdom. It's just amazing that we were brought to each other and brought to this interview today, and all of the wisdom that you shared. It's just amazing. I, I don't, I don't know that much about you, but I feel like I know you, and I think that's kind of what you are potentially intending for this uh interview is this community of sisterhood and i think what you've shared with us just not only in some of the secrets to sustainable success but just overall is is pretty profound and i i hope that people are are really able to hear it because like i mentioned before it's not tangible and sometimes and i know because i i teach hard skills you know sales funnels and marketing all these things but This is like the core of it all is having that big why and um, and a lot of people don't know what that why is and then they're trying to figure out why their business isn't working, but they don't know the why.
1: Yeah Well, when you find your why (laughs) It can be very disruptive so (laughs) You know, I think that we're we are so blessed to be living at a time when there are so many voices out there, when there are so many places that we can receive support, when there's so much encouragement to, you know, do what what makes you happy and to do uh, something that's going to affect the planet, and I think that anybody that feels that call, anybody that feels like they they want to be doing something more meaningful, for that for that girl who's who's working in her nine to five, and she is going to yoga after work and she's just something's turning on in her something that she can't put her finger on but she knows that she wants to feel like that more often you got to listen to that because the world is is asking and begging for us to make these changes to solve the problems of this disconnection that we feel from ourselves and from each other, this loneliness that we feel, these, you know, these cycles of stress and fighting with our bodies. It's time to just change the conversation. It's not about how you look and it's not about being perfect. It's about making progress and it's about being proud of yourself and being a part of something that is doing something good in the world so if you feel it listen to it and there's plenty of us out there that are our voices for this movement that are voices for women's empowerment and this idea of the feminine and women rising in a way that really feels good where we're not sacrificing the truth of who we are where we're not hiding ourselves or dimming our light in order to get ahead but that there is room, and that there is a, a growing movement of people that are, are deciding that they are going to be themselves, and we're making it work. So come and join me. You <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yes, awesome. Well, I know we're about to wrap up this amazing interview, but I wanted to make sure, you know, is there anything that I didn't ask you today that you, know, you want our audience to hear? Uh, Any last thoughts,
1: comments? Yes, I would love it. If any of you who are listening feel compelled by this conversation to head over to my website where you can claim your free gift designed specifically for those smart, ambitious women Mm -hmm. uh, to be able to uh, learn seven sacred rituals to get unstuck and find your calling. And you can find that at kikifed.com Fed.com slash free gift.
0: Love it. Awesome. Kiki Fed. That's K-I-K-I-S-E-D dcom com forward slash you said free gift?
1: Free gift.
0: Free gift. Awesome sauce. Well, thank you so much, Kiki, for sharing all of this. I know I was completely enlightened. I know that I needed to hear about 90% of all of the things that you said. So thank you for sharing your light with me. I really, really, you know, changed the way that I think about a lot of things that I'm doing right now. And it's something for me to go sit and ponder with. You know, thank you for your depth.
1: Good. Thank you. I am so happy to be able to share this time with you.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks, Kiki, uh, for being part of the Holistic Fashionista Speaker Series, and we'll catch up again soon. Sounds good, Angel.